Hold on to your hats. The countdown to the biggest wellness event of the year is on. Join us on August 15 and 16 in Melbourne for not one but two days of Powerhouse Wellness featuring 11 of Australia's most inspiring, entertaining, educating, fermentating speakers. Damo, what is fermentating? MP, I'll tell you at the summit. Your favourite wellness couch speakers are joined by special guest Nat Kringudis on all things hormones and female health. Join the Up For A Chat girls, the wellness guys, the natural nutritionist Steph Lowe, Kale Brock, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witt, Marcus Pierce, and the rest of your favourite wellness couch podcasters. Regular and VIP tickets are still available, but hurry before this summit is sold out. For tickets, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. The Wellness Summit is proudly brought to you by Well and You. Be someone that makes you happy. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill. And this week, I'm really excited to be joined by Jess and Ryan from Pitchy Ritchie Park. Now, these guys run some awesome paleo retreats in country South Australia. Um, I've had the pleasure of speaking at a couple of them, and they're absolutely fantastic. And these guys really get the whole paleo picture. You know, they've, they're really involved in making sure they've got the right food, doing the right sort of exercise, working on mindset and massages and, and all sorts of stuff at these retreats, which is really cool, which I'm looking forward to talking about. So... Without further ado, welcome to the show, Jess and Ryan. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Brett. Great to have you guys on. Great to hear from you again. It has been a couple of weeks, so it's good to good to hear your voices again. Um, I loved your retreat, guys. It was so good getting up there. It's such a beautiful spot, such a relaxing spot. Um, so to start with, though, I'd love to talk about how you guys got into paleo. Who was the first one of the two of you to get into paleo? Well, both at the same time. So what I guess initially started it was... Um, when I first had Isla um, three years ago, three three years and a couple of days ago actually, um, I I developed thrush um, through breastfeeding. So she had thrush in her mouth, and I had it yeah. in my milk ducts. And so I was recommended to go on a clean eating diet, um, which you know I thought was just absolute torture at first. I thought how <laughs> ridiculous. Um, so I, I went on that path for about. Um, about six weeks or so, and then I noticed um, a lot of positive changes other than just that the thrush was clearing up. So I started losing weight. My skin started getting a lot better. Um, so, And that was fairly close to, I guess, a paleo diet, mm. um, except it allowed a few grains and things in that. So, so from there, um, uh, about Easter time, my cousin came up to visit us, and she looked like she'd lost about 15 kilos or so. And she looked really, really great. And we were all asking her what that was all about. And she told us um, this about this thing called paleo. And um, it just made sense from there. So from there, we, we straight away cut out some grains and cut our dairy out. And sugar was the last to go. But, yeah. So, Ryan, how were you with these changes? How did you feel about this new diet that was being uh, thrust upon you? Yeah, um... I've always had a pretty open mind. I've always been interested in uh, health and fitness. So uh, I guess for me it was just I, I was happy to try and, and see what happened, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, nice. And so who actually recommended the clean eating diet initially, Jessica? Um, it was actually, it was a doctor. So, um, so somebody I was seeing at one of the community health baby groups. So, yeah. All right, cool. So you guys obviously, uh, you are running the Pitchy Richie Park. So were you already running the park at this stage or was that something that came along afterwards? No, oh, yeah, so that's something that came along um, nearly a year ago. So August last year we took over here. Um, so we'd been, uh, we'd been, I guess, involved in the lifestyle for about 18 months before moving out here. Um, and then when we saw this place come on the market, we saw it as such a great opportunity to kind of live that healthier lifestyle, um, work from home, be with our family, work together and maybe involve other people in the lifestyle, so through retreats and um, like bushwalking and all the other activities we do here. Yeah, nice. So it's a pretty cool place, isn't it? So where were you before you moved to Pichirichi Park? Because you guys live there now, right? Yeah, so we live, we live on site. Um, so before we moved out here, we were actually next door um, <laughs> at Solta, which is five minutes closer to town. Um, so I think that really helped us make the move as well. So we, we already knew what it was like to live out in the Flinders. We loved it. Um, we just, I guess that helped us make the step to move, you know, that five minutes deeper into the Flinders, which was really great. Um, we're not sure if we would have been able to do it otherwise. Um, we'd always lived in towns and cities and whatnot. So, yeah, it was a really great opportunity for us and we saw it and, you know, as soon as we saw this place come on the market, we knew we had to have it. Yeah, so, so tell us about that lifestyle decision. You know, what was your life like before you started running this retreat? And I guess, what, you, what did you notice? What were the changes you had to make? I guess positive and negative things you noticed when you moved into this, you know, this retreat lifestyle that you've got. Yeah, I was a uh, baller maker at the power station for about 15 years. Um, so it probably wasn't the healthiest environment with the coal dust and uh, welding fumes and whatnot. So... Um, to come up and just breathe fresh air, I guess, was for me like just a, a great, a massive uh, step in the right direction, I guess. And and I, I was teaching at high school as well. I'm a home, ec- home economics teacher and a nutrition teacher. And for me, one of the biggest things was probably reducing a lot of that stress, um, reducing how much I was working indoors, um, and not having to teach students to eat grains and dairy anymore, which was lovely. Um, that's all in the curriculum at the moment. So, um, yeah, I guess um, the last six months or so that I was working at school, I did feel a lot of guilt because, you know, I was being told I had to teach teach students um, to eat from the Australian Guide to Healthy Eating, which includes, you know, a, I think it's about a third of their daily intake needs to be from grains. So Yeah. And so... You guys obviously do do a lot of retreats. Um, you know, the, the park when you took it over, I'm understanding, wasn't necessarily a health retreat. It was just a retreat that took in all sorts of groups, whether they be schools or, you know, all sorts of different groups in there as well. So, you know, what's a, what's a day in the life of like for you guys? What is this lifestyle like for you guys now? Well, it's quarter past ten and I'm still in my pajamas. So that's probably one of the things we love the most. We get up, we have a... A big breakfast, a big cooked breakfast every morning. Um, you know, we have our cup of tea, we take our time with that, and that's probably my favourite thing about the lifestyle change. Um, we also get a lot of sunlight now, so 
to make an effort even in winter to go out at about lunchtime and do some sun baking, which, oh, you know, obviously if you're working, you can't do that. You especially can't go out in a schoolyard and do some naked sun baking. But, um, so that's, that's something we've enjoyed, um, being able to take Isla, our daughter, she's three, um, on what we call our adventure walks. So we, go, we just go for a little walk up in the hills and have a little play, and she thinks that's great. And that's definitely something we wouldn't have been able to do if we were working still. Nice. And and how much does that change when you've got like a school group in? Because right? I'm imagining when a you know when a group of uh, school kids are there staying for a weekend, then that's going to be significantly different. Um. Well, it, I guess it, the business is at a point now where we we don't actually have to do a lot of work with the groups at all. We've got employees that come in and do the cooking and um, a lot of the activities. Um, Ryan runs a few of the activities, but they're things like bushwalking and orienteering where he's outside anyway. Um, sorry about that. Can you hear the helicopter? <laughs> no, I can't actually. No, oh, good. It flew right over the house. Start <laughs> <laughs> um, that bit again. Do you want me to start that bit again? No, just keep going, Jess. That's fine. Yeah, um, so, so we are in the kitchen a little bit, but we don't have to be. Um, like, for example, next week I'm doing my TAFE tourism course all week and we've got a school camp in all week. But, um, yeah, so our staff are able to manage that for us. Um, if we want to have a nice chilled out day, we still can. So. Nice. So, but obviously... lifestyle. Yeah, you've got a great balance there, haven't you? I mean, it, it really is sort of getting back to a more, I guess, natural way of, of, of being. You know, I think sometimes we forget just how artificial our, our time clocks and our work schedules and, you know, all those sort of things are. They're, they're just not really a natural state for us, are they? No, um, they're not at all. And I think it, it takes things like um, like the TAFE course that I've started to make me realise how lucky we are to be out here. So I know, for example, next week I'll be sitting down in a room all day with no natural light. Um, I won't be moving around. I'll be listening to somebody speak and, you know, hunched over a desk. So, and that, you know, that's not too dissimilar to what I would have been doing at school. Um, so, and that, that does terrify me a little bit. I know I'm going to end up with some back pain and probably going to be really exhausted at the end of the day from breathing in the stale air and, you know, eating the food that's being catered for us. So, you know, catering and... Yeah. So, so you obviously really notice the difference when you come back to you know to the city or to you know to civilization. Not that you guys are that far away from civilization, but you know you, you notice a difference when you come back as well. Yeah, and I think that's the best thing about living out here as well is that we are so close to everything. Um, we're we're only twenty five minutes from Port Augusta, which is quite a big town. Um, eight minutes from Corn, but when you're out here at Pitcherich, it feels like you're in the middle of nowhere and feel like you're out in the bush and there's nothing around so and you really can immerse yourself in in a healthy lifestyle out here yeah well that was one of the lovely things about being there is that you really do feel like you are away from everything and and i think helped by the fact that you don't get any mobile reception there so you're kind of forced to switch off a little bit which i found fantastic yeah um i don't know how we go now having wi-fi and mobile on us all the time it's it's like um so if we went out for dinner or something in town and everyone's got their phones and there was one there was one um, dinner I went out to a few weeks ago and I looked around and everybody on the table had their faces down looking at their phones and it, it does freak you out a little bit. And for me, I think 
one of the things I notice is I can go about uh, my day and my chores outside in the yard without having a a mobile phone in my top pocket, and I, I just love not having it on me at all. Yeah. So you notice you the difference know, in productivity? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The only time, yeah, well, heck, I have to wear a watch now because, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't have my phone on me anymore. <laughs> and, and so... You know, let, let's talk a bit more about your lifestyle and how you guys fit all this in. Because obviously, you do do great food. You know, you mentioned your nice big breakfast. Um, you know, what's a typical meal? You know, and what sort of stuff do you do for the rest of the day? I know you guys are into your kombucha. There was certainly some some great options there and some fermented stuff. So, you know, what else do you introduce in terms of your paleo diet throughout the rest of the day? Okay, so we do do a lot of fermented foods. Um, so we've got our kombucha. Um, we do kefir as well. Um, we ferment a lot of Vegetables, so we do um, what Isla's favourite, she calls carrots in a jar, um, which is just <laughs> fermented carrots. Um, she loves her sauerkraut, she can't get enough of that, it's like lollies. Um, what else do we do? We've done, we do kale, beetroot, apple, all sorts of things. Um, and for Isla, that's her treat, she absolutely loves them. Um, as far as a typical day of meals go, um, our meats, we try to get as many locally sourced meats as possible. So we've got a lot of great farmers in the area, which we're really lucky to have access to, that do grain, uh, sorry, grain-free, so grass-fed, grass-finished meats. They're all naturally roaming, no hormones. Um, nice. My dad's a fisherman, so we get a lot of fish from my dad. Um, and that's, that's about where all of our meat comes from. Sometimes we do have to go to the butcher or the supermarket when our stocks are low and we usually get a bit disappointed when we have to do that but because um, the quality is just not there and you can taste it. Um, um, and then, yeah, just a lot of a lot of fresh veggies. So we've got an um, organic farm in Warabra, which is just over an hour from here, um, O'Reilly's Orchard, and she does a lot of really, really great organic produce. Um, we also try to get organic produce sent up from Adelaide. Um, there's a business in Port Augusta that does that. Um, and they'll, they'll bring all our organic food up here. So that's great too. Um, we've got a veggie patch. And at the moment, it's either a little bit short, but we try to keep that going as much as we can. Nice. Well, it's it's a great balance you've got there. And I tell you what, I will vouch for the fish. That was absolutely delicious. Fresh caught King George Whiting. You can't go past that. It was so good. Oh, great. And, uh, and the snapper we had the second time I was there was pretty good too. Yep. So I've been, I've been eating about half a dozen oysters a day at the moment now as well. <laughs> My dad's just got a massive hessian bag full. Um, they stay live for about a week, so... Figured I've got to try and eat as many as I can before I have to freeze them. Oh, it's a tough life. Um, yeah. Um, one other thing we get in, in Port Augusta is, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, Brett, but razorfish. Yeah, I love them. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, they're, they're a type of shellfish, um, and they're in abundance in Port Augusta, in the, which is about 25 minutes here. Um, and we stock up on those as much as we can as well, because they're just great. Yeah, they're absolutely delicious. They're they're like a they're like a scallop in the, in terms of the actual meat, aren't yeah. they? Um, but obviously the yeah, shell of it is significantly bigger and more pointy. Yeah, <laughs> more razor-like. Yeah. All right. And so you guys have also been involved in. Uh, I'm not sure if you started or if you're just involved in it, but the the paleo group that's going on up in Port Augusta. There, did you guys start that? 
Yeah, actually, that was my idea, Brett. I'll, I'll, I'll take credit for that nice. one. Nice. <laughs> Do. Yeah, I think it was um, the weekend we went to Adelaide for your uh, barefoot running course. Yeah. <clears throat> just driving around. Well, what, a, what an idea just to start one and see how it goes because we have we know a few people who were starting to try out some paleo meals. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, mainly from Adelaide, but we thought let's just put one together and, and see who's out there. And that's quite surprising. I think we're getting close to 200 members now on the Facebook page. Yeah, and the amount of folks that get put up constantly every day of the meals people are trying, it's so it's so encouraging. And from places like Roxby Downs and Wyala and Port Pirie, so everywhere sort of around Port Augusta. Um, and it's yeah, every, sort of every day you get photos pop up of things people are trying, and it's it's really great to see. The other great thing about it as well is we get a lot of questions posted on there. So a lot of people who are you know just trying out the paleo lifestyle and they'll have, you know, some, some really great questions and a lot of the time they're questions that other people have as well. Um, and the great thing about it is that we can answer them for them straight away or somebody else on the page can. Um, it just has a real community feel. Yeah, it's it's very cool and I think it's cool that it's happening in a country town because sometimes you think of country towns and you think, oh, they might be a bit more, I guess, conservative about this sort of stuff. You know, they might not be into alternative health or different, you know, diets or ways of living or ways of eating as much as perhaps some of the inner city people might be. Um, but it certainly doesn't seem to be the case in your neck of the woods. It seems like people are really jumping on board and trying it and getting involved in it. Now, why do you think that is? Well, we initially had the same idea as you. We thought, you know, we're the only ones out here. Like, we're the only ones that are trying this crazy yeah. thing. So, um, but, but, you know, it turned out that a lot of people really do have an interest in their health. Um, and what we found just from asking a few questions on, our, on the paleo page was um, that a lot of the members are turning to this lifestyle because they've got a lot of health issues. So yeah. people with things like irritable bowel syndrome, allergies, um, food sensitivities, um, behaviour problems with their children, things like that. So a vast majority of these people are, are using it as a way to help improve their lifestyle, whereas Ryan and myself, we just do it because we, you know, we want optimum health. We don't actually have any health issues that we know of. Yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. And that, and that's great, isn't it? It's exciting that people are taking it on board now just for health, you know, just, just because it's a good idea and rather than waiting until they get some sort of pain or symptoms or, or whatever it happens to be. So that's really good and it's really exciting. So obviously now you guys have uh, expanded at Pichirichi Park to doing the paleo health retreats. You know, what made you decide that you wanted to do some more health-focused retreats at Pichirichi Park? Or was that always the intention right from the start? Yeah, absolutely. Before we even signed up to buy the place, as soon as we saw it, that was one of our first ideas was wouldn't it be great to have a, have a health retreat? So um, it had been in the making for a long time um, and I guess it just took a bit of guts to finally say, right, let's let's do it and we, we yeah. set a date for the first one and then we just worked towards that and it took it was a, it was a big jump because, you know, there was a, it's just the unknown. You don't know how people are going to be interested. Are they going to they might be interested, but they might not have. The, they might not want to spend the money to actually come and, and, and do it. So it's been, it's been sort of a uh, little, little bit stressful, but um, exciting at the same time. And so, what's your goal with the retreats? Like, what what are you aiming to uh, achieve? What are you What are you hoping that, that the people who come along get out of the retreat? And, and what do you think they take forwards with them into the rest of their life from the retreat? Yeah, 
well, first of all, just that they can understand exactly what it is that we're trying to do, the paleo, or even not, yeah, just, just the lifestyle as well. Um, so to get an understanding um, and then to learn while they hear maybe some recipes or just what the ideas are to take away with them. Um, <laughs> That's okay. So, so obviously they're, they're getting some some skills, I guess, that they can take with them into the rest of their life. You know, whether it's whether it's the food. I mean, you guys do spend a bit of time on some mindset stuff at the retreat as well. What what do you do in that regard? Yeah, we have uh, Tanya Wilson come up from Adelaide and do some guided meditation. Um, and I think people are, are always a little bit um, unsure about something like that. Um, but once they try it, I think they've. From the feedback we've had, they've got a bit out of it. Even just things like a bit of stress relief during the day or um, just how to unwind at night. And it's something I'm definitely not an expert at, but something I'm trying myself now just from some things we've learned from the retreat. And, yeah, it's just, I guess, uh, trying to help you to de-stress. So Tanya gives um, guests a lot of little tricks and tips that they can take home with them as well. Um, You know, just really, really simple things that they can they can take back to their everyday lives with them that they don't have to leave here um, just just to reduce stress. So, for example, some things to do when you're stuck in traffic and some things to do when you need to unwind to go to sleep, some things to do when you get up in the morning to set yourself up for a positive day. So, um, and everyone's really given us great feedback on that and they've said they've been able to implement these things into their lives and a lot of them are exploring meditation further from from what they've learned here. So that's really, really encouraging here. Yeah, well, so you mentioned before that, um, you know, one of the things you'd like is for people to get a better understanding of paleo and what paleo is. You know, what, what do you find for people coming to your retreat? What do you find their understanding of paleo is at the start? Are they already absolute converts or are they pretty new to it? And, and you know, where are they at in terms of their paleo understanding? It's been a real mix. We've had some who have had no idea, some who knew a little bit but wanted to know more and some who were already right into it and just wanted to be around people, I guess, who had the same ideas as them. Yeah, and, and as far as the ones who weren't sure about paleo, you know, what do you find are the common um, misconceptions they have around what paleo is? Um, I guess a lot of the misconceptions come from that um, people think that paleo involves eating a lot of meat um, and... And for us, I don't think we've really increased the amount of meat that we eat, but we definitely have increased the amount of vegetables we eat, and that's one of the big things that we've noticed from from the paleo lifestyle is, yeah, um, so lots and lots of fresh veggies, um, and also changing, sorry, I've gone off topic now, haven't I? <laughs> no, that's okay. Keep going. This is good. Yeah, so... Oh, sorry, I've lost it. That's all right. We'll come back to that bit later. Hey, one of the other things that I loved about your retreat was um, the well, the the campfire. Obviously, I love fires. I love campfires. It's yep. beautiful. Love sitting around a campfire. But also, you had Auntie Elsie come out, and she was an Indigenous elder who was able to cook some food for us, tell us some dream time stories. We had uh, I can't remember the name of the guy. We had a guy come out and teach us how to, you know, talk to us about playing the didgeridoo and the various different instruments and and spears and all sorts of things. Which my kids, because they came with me on this retreat, which was particularly special, they absolutely loved that bit. And I loved being able to be there with them and talk to them about that stuff. So, what made you guys decide to involve that component into the retreat? Um, I guess 
if, if we went right back to the start of our planning stages of the retreat, um, the retreats as they're set up now are very, very different to our original idea of what we were going to do. So it was going to be more of a primal living-based retreat, so um, even involving camping out, long, long bush walks, some hunting, things like that. Um, but what we found is people you know, wanted a bit more of a relaxing retreat, but we still really wanted to incorporate the kind of primal aspect into the paleo lifestyle. So um, I guess Aboriginal people are the closest connection we have to that hunter-gatherer lifestyle. Um, and and they they really are such a, well, a number of these people are really are such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to that sort of thing. So Dwayne who came up to show us some of the hunting tools, his his family's been making those for generations and generations. Um, Auntie Elsie's been cooking on the campfire since she was born, so that that's just the way of her life. Um, Sorry, yeah, it's it's cool, isn't it? It's it's beautiful having that experience, and it really does just add another whole aspect to it when you understand, I guess, the the historical significance of it, and the and the link that these people have to their land and to the hunting and to the fire and all of those things, and just how how much that is really ingrained in them as part of not just part of their life, but almost part of their psyche as well. It it kind of helps you understand how far removed we've come from that. I think. Yeah, that's that's true. And I think the sad thing to remember as well is that a lot of our Aboriginal people have also lost that connection. So yeah. there, there is just a, a very small few that do have that connection with the land and all those skills. Um, obviously, a lot of that was taken away with things like the stolen generation and um, trying to merge the cultures and things like that, Yeah, um, which is a real shame because... You know, there would have been this, you know, absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to health and well-being. But over the last couple hundred years, we've, you know, I guess white people have deliberately wiped that out. So yeah, it, it is it is really really huge, huge, devastating thing to have happened for everybody. Yeah, and there's certainly a huge opportunity there, isn't there, for for people if they can start reconnecting with their culture and understanding that. You know that that connection with the land and that that lifestyle, um, you know, and and being able to bring that forward into a modern world as we do with our paleo lifestyle, that there's some real opportunity there to to make a significant change. One would hope in the indigenous health in our country because because that's in in big trouble. So you know, there's certainly something there that I think hopefully one day will will help um, make some changes there as well. Yeah, and I think the sad thing is that we've come to realise is the fact that. We're never going to be able to go back to fully being wild people. Yeah. Um, not even our Aboriginal people are going to have those skills to go back into the bush and live out in the bush completely because those skills are just gone now. Um, there might be a select few people in Australia that have those skills and they're not being encouraged or um, fostered, I suppose, and, and it really is a huge loss, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know... Ryan and I have moments where we think, oh, wouldn't it be great to just, you know, get rid of everything and go live out in the bush and be hunters and gatherers? And we think, well, actually, we don't have the skills to start with. And then we think, <laughs> well, who has the skills? Who's going to teach us these skills? And it, and the sad reality is that, well, nobody, really. So, yeah. And it is sad. But the best thing you can do is, is, is get as close to that as possible. Um, so we've been in contact with a few people recently about, um, looking at the wild foods in our area. So 
um, there are huge benefits associated with eating foods that are growing naturally in your own environment. So that's something we're really looking at doing at the moment and focusing on and hopefully we are to incorporate some of that into our next retreat, which would be really exciting. Nice. That sounds great. Well, look, coming back to your retreat, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about the feedback you've been getting from the retreat. You know, obviously you've done a couple of them now, and uh, I'd love to hear, you know, what sort of changes people have been making, what people have been saying about the retreat. Yeah, we've had some really, really positive feedback from it. Um, one that comes to mind straight away is a, a lady who was a real coffee lover, and we don't have any um, uh, coffee or sugar here, just all herbal tea, and we probably made the mistake on the first retreat not letting people know that it wasn't going to be available, sugar in the coffee, and if they were having a lot to make, to maybe cut back before they come. But um, So that's one thing we learnt. And anyway, this, this guest um, went uh, three days without her, her coffee, and it was a real struggle for Bora. And uh, about a, a week after, maybe two weeks after, we heard from her, and she said she hadn't had a, a coffee. So that was a... That was a real plus, I think, for wow. us. We, got, we actually got a bit of out of that, so that was that was really great. Because she was having some pretty big withdrawals and I think headaches and all sorts of stuff, wasn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was really struggling. We were, we were quite, um, I guess, distressed about it. We had we had um, several guests with with some headaches and withdrawal symptoms, and we're thinking, oh no, what have we done to these people? But <laughs> yeah, we tied it back to his. Um, you know, the, the caffeine withdrawal. Some people are having up to five cups a day and with sugar, so it's a huge... It's a big change, system. isn't it? But we've, we've had such great feedback, honestly. We, we thought it would have been great to get, you know, one story like that coming back, but we're getting stories like that coming back from just about everybody who attends. So uh, one, one lady in particular who attended our first retreat, she's lost nearly six kilos um, following the, the retreat just by cutting out bread and dairy. She's still having a little bit of sugar, but yeah, just, just by cutting bread and dairy out, that's all she's changed. Well, it's... it's and, um, sorry, I was going to say, it's cool to hear then that those changes that they're learning about at the retreat are actually carrying forward into their lives, isn't it? I know, and that's just been the biggest encouragement for us as well, because as I said, we, we would have been happy to hear one story like that, but we're hearing those things from everybody. they they're carrying these things forward that they've learned at the retreat into their everyday lifestyles. And for most of them, they're not finding it hard. They're finding these changes quite simple and they understand it, they get it, and it's working for them. Oh, well, that's really exciting. And that's the way it needs to be, isn't it? If we can make it easy for them and make it you know, possible, then it, then it becomes so much more sustainable to keep that going for the longer term, which is really exciting. So it sounds like you've got some walking billboards out there promoting your retreat, but for those who are listening into the show and think this might be something they'd be interested in, how do they find out about your retreat? What's the best, the website, the Facebook, where do they go? Um, so there's a number of places they can get some information. Um, probably the best bet would be to have a look at our Facebook page and then we've got links to all of our other information from there. So that's Pitchy Ritchie Park. We've also got a website, uh, which is pitchyrichiepark.com.au. And people can give us a call at the park as well if they want to chat about anything, about any of our activities. Beautiful. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on the episode today. Um, there has been a little bit of background noise there, which hopefully is all uh, 
cut out post post production. Uh, but if it, if it's not, then apologies if anyone's having a little bit of trouble with it. But I think it should come through okay. Uh, but like I said, well done, guys, on your retreat. It was an absolute pleasure to come along and join with you guys on this retreat. You're doing a fantastic job. Um, and thanks for coming on and sharing your story on the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot, Brett. Cheers, guys. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.